We had this budget meeting yesterday, and I was very teary-eyed because I remember before I got married, when we were planning for our wedding, dollar was about 600, and we were shouting, that dollar is 600, dollar is 600. And as at yesterday morning, dollar was 1,620. 1,620, that is more than times two. In how many years? And what made me teary-eyed is, even though like things got expensive, there are some things we could still afford. And then it made me think about my parents for a bit. Like I started to think about a time where I never needed to have a budget meeting. A time where I didn't really know how the finances were working in the family. All I knew is that when I wake up in the morning, there will be breakfast. When it's time for lunch, there will be lunch. And when it's time for dinner, there will be dinner. And I started to think about how I grew up personally. Like, it's now as an adult that many things click for me. First of all, I was born and raised in Oshodi. For the longest time, I didn't click that I was living in Oshodi because sometimes I'll describe where I was staying as an estate. But it was not an estate. It was, it's, do you know, do you guys know what a close is? Yeah, so we're staying in a close. And then if somebody asks me to describe where I was living, I'll say, oh, it's quiet, it's very calm, there is no issue, everything is fine. It was like a couple of days ago, or a couple of weeks ago, sorry, when I was driving back there, and I saw Oshodi, like, through the lens of an adult, and all the places I had to avoid, and it made me just really appreciate my parents. It made me think about growing up there, and I felt like I was living in a lekki because of how my parents took care of me. Then I could boast to my classmates and say, oh, we had everything, we had everything. Um, and sometimes even all those small, small lies that we would tell in class, like, oh, there's a jacuzzi in my parlor. I didn't used to say it. I'm saying that people used to say it. Do you get so? All those little, little things. And my fondest memory was every Sunday, as we are coming back from church, my dad would stop at Sweet Sensation against, maybe sometimes against my mom's wishes, because there's always rice and stew at home. But he would stop there and get something for everybody. And by everybody, I mean beyond my sibling and I. I just have one brother, but we lived with so many people. So the house was always full, and there was always something to have. I'm not sure I've appreciated those little gestures as much as I did yesterday, making that budget meeting. There were so many things that my parents did that I didn't really get the full grasp of till I got to be an adult, till I started to pay my own bills. So I said to see things for what they are. And I know many of you can relate, can you? If you can relate, just let me see your hand. All right, I'm glad that you can relate. And I've mentioned my dad a couple of times and how he used to do this, do that. There's another memory that I want to share with you. So when I was younger, I always liked to wear heels. I've even changed now, I'm getting older, so I wear like block heels. I don't wear pencil heels. But when I was younger, I used to like pencil heels. And there was this day I saw one very beautiful pair of heels on a store on the road. And I remember running to my dad and telling him that I needed to get those shoes. I think back then they were like 5K. I think the woman was ripping me off because this was a long time ago, like 10, 13 years ago now. So I was so enthused about those pair of shoes. And I told my dad to get it for me. My mom was pissed because she felt we were being ripped off. Long story short, my dad got a pair of shoes for me. But in that moment, I felt like my mom was speaking on me. Like, why would I want something my dad wants to give me, my mom does not want to give me. You know, that's how I felt. Till later on, 
I got admission to secondary school. I would not mention my secondary school, but some of you here went to that secondary school too. <laughs> so um, I got admission to my secondary school, and then my name was on the list for the admission. Then when we were about to pay my school fees, suddenly my name was no longer on the list. And it was amazing. That meant I had to write the exams again and try again next year. So I don't know what, the, what happened, but my name was no longer on the list. And I remember everything that played out that day. My mom came back from work. She was livid. And the next day, we dressed up and drove all the way to Ogun State. My school was in Ogun State. So we drove all the way to Ogun State. And my mom wanted to rain fire and brimstone to understand why my name was not on that list. Like, I came with my math set and everything, prepared to write a fresh exam, thinking that was what was going to happen. I don't know how my mother fought the battle, but I know that my name came back on the admission list. And <laughs> I got to go to the school. My fees were paid. And I remember that day. I was a child, but I still understood that that day, my fees were paid. And why, were, why was my fees paid that day? My mom took an advance on her salary and made sure that they would not say, ah, because we've not paid my school fees, now I will not have admission. This was the same mother that I thought was speaking on me when I didn't want to get those shoes. And this is the same mother that fought my battle. In like then, I was like, oh, cool, mommy, fight everybody. That's how I felt then. But looking at it now as an adult, knowing that there are some people you cannot fight with. Do you understand? Because it can end in a legal battle or being embarrassed. And understanding that my mother did that for me. I didn't appreciate it as a child, but I appreciate it now. What is my point? My point is many of us still have our parents alive or got to experience one of our parents or a guardian or something. But many times we forget that these people are human beings. They are people like you and I. They have emotions, they have feelings, they have needs, they have desires, just like you have. And many times they had to give up those desires for you to thrive. Many times they had to give up those desires for you to be better. But we don't see that many times, do we? Imagine the last time you ranted to your friends about your parents. Have you ever ranted to your friends about your parents? Or oh, you guys are all good children. <laughs> okay, like the last time you ranted to your friends about your parents, did you stop to think about the sacrifices that have been made or the things that they gave up for you? And if you came to LOL conference burdened with hurt, maybe you're hurting in your parental relationship or there's something your parents that have done, your parents have done is... Mm, English. There's something that your parents have done and it's getting to you. If you came to LL Conference without burden, I want you to know that you're at the right place. And God is able to heal those hearts. But I want to unpack something for you because we are going to pray. And I don't want you to pray just because you're in church and they've told you rise up and pray. I want you to pray understanding something better. I want you to say after me, I'm going to love my parents. And I'm going to love them according to God's love. So let me give you some perspective. One, your parents were raised differently. Your parents were raised differently. Say that after me, my parents were raised differently. For many of you, you have no idea of what military regime was. You were not born in that time. All you know now is that um, Peter Obi lost the election. Now we are in a con season. That's all you know. You only know Tunibu and maybe Jonathan. You don't really know after President, good luck, Jonathan. You only know those people downwards. You don't know the regime that your parents were raised under. Many of them experienced the war. 
You have never seen war. The only war you've seen is on Twitter. So the way you were, <laughs> the way you were raised was so different from how they were raised. Like for instance, my mom was raised under a military man. Like imagine growing up in the war and then your father is a soldier himself. Imagine how your upbringing would be. There are some things you can't voice out. Now you're going to say things like, oh, my mental health. I don't like the way she raised my voice at me because it's affecting my mental health. Valid. But in those times, there was nothing like mental health awareness. Their own was your soldier father said, do A. If you do A.1, it's not going to work. And that's the kind of upbringing most of our parents had. And it affected them in more ways than they can realize. Now think about some of the trauma, quote-unquote, that you have today. Maybe because you were yelled at a lot as a child. That's just yelling. Okay, maybe they spanked you as a child. That's spanking. Now imagine the kind of trauma they would have grown up with, not even knowing that it was trauma. Imagine having to run away from your house, your parents built a house, and then you have to run away from the house because there is a war. Like, your parents saw things that I'm thankful you did not get to see. And without knowing, it has shaped their life. It has shaped their outcome and outlook to things. You will hardly see a parent coming on Twitter to shout or do keyboard warriors. They don't do that. When we meet face to face, we'll talk. Do you understand? So they, they were raised entirely different. And sometimes it could affect you negatively. So for instance, I'll give an example of my mom. For the longest time, I thought that my mom did not really like me. I don't know why I thought so, but my mom was very strict. Like, I have some very interesting memories about her that if I, if she hears me now, she, wouldn't, she may not even remember. Like, one time, I remember I came back from school and she had asked me if I had done my assignment. And I said, no, I've not done my assignment. And then she was like, why? I said, I don't have bio. This was a Wednesday. So on Monday, she gave me a pen. I took it to class. I misplaced it. Tuesday, Came back, she gave me a pen. I took it to class and I misplaced it. On Wednesday, there was this boy in my class. His name was Bright. <laughs> it was his fault, I promise. I borrowed him the pen. I said, Bright, I'm going home by 3 Oh, My mommy's driver is coming to pick me up. Please give me my pen. And all of a sudden, when it was time to go home, Bright disappeared. So <laughs> when I got home and my mom asked, Chisom, have you done my assignment? I said, no, mommy. She said, why? I said, I misplaced my pen. So I remember her asking me to kneel down and she was very pissed. But in my head, I'm like, my mind was not there. I was just watching Nickelodeon before. Then my mommy came back, said she kneeled down, so I knelt down. Before you know it, I just felt heat all over my face. Like, I did not see the slap coming, but I just felt like heat all over my face. And, like, for me, it was... I... My mommy may be watching this after. <laughs> But, like, that happened, and it just changed my entire perspective. I remember I never misplaced pen. Now, I am very confident to say if I start using a pen, I would actually finish it. But what I'm saying is that it shaped my perspective towards my mom, right? I felt like my mom did not like me. My mom was the strict one. My mom was the bad cop, and my daddy was the good cop. So if I wanted something, I would go to my dad. If I wanted somebody to fight my battles, I would go to my mom. Do you understand? So that's how it worked. And that's how I felt my mom was. And it kind of impacted our relationship. But now that as I'm grown, I realize that it's really how she was raised. She was raised by a military man. 
And to be honest, if she should deal with me how she was raised, I think she did a fantastic job because I didn't get the half of it. Like, I can count how many times my mommy ever hits me. Do you understand? I'm not advocating for hitting you. Please hear what I'm saying and don't hear what I'm not saying, right? But I'm just saying that the way she was raised affected her in different ways. Do you understand? So learn to give your parents some slack. Cut them some slack. The things you know now, you know because of the sacrifices they've made for you. You went to school and you started to learn about emotional intelligence. You went to school and you started to, they got you a phone and you started to hear about mental health awareness. I say awareness. Awareness. Abby? On Twitter, because of their sacrifices, on the back of their sacrifices, many of them. So cut them some slack. Say after me, I'll cut them some slack. I will try and understand. The next thing I want you to know is that they are raising you the best way they know how to. They are raising you the best way you, they know how to. Now imagine, I told you that I was raised up in Oshodi, and I didn't click for the longest time that I was raised up in Oshodi. Like if you had asked me as a child... I'll really describe my house like the best of best places. But now I'm an adult. I realized what was happening. It was because my mom didn't let me play outside, right? I didn't know our neighbors, nothing. Like, I couldn't play outside. And that was how I started to realize that it was because of how she was raised. They were, she was raised in the village. You're around diabolical people. People that they will eat something. They will not wake up the next day. You understand? So imagine now coming to a new city of people you don't know. And you are raising a girl child. And all your neighbors are men. Men, I love you. This example. Okay? So all your neighbors are men. They drink. They party. They smoke. You know? But they are nice to children. Imagine a child will not see it that way. Do you understand? But think about it as a parent now, as an adult now. Your neighbors are people that smoke, drink, and they are nice to children, just children. You know what that means, right? But would a child understand that? So many times when my mom was harsh to me, I got it as my mom did not want me to have fun in life. She was the fun police. But now as an adult, I understand. Your parents, when they take some drastic measures sometimes... They are raising you the best way they know how to. Many times, they may not do it in the way you expect. They may not speak your love language. For many fathers, their love language to you may be providing. They will provide for you, do everything for you. But when it gets to I love you, you love me, just keep it away from them. And that's just how they've been trained. They've been trained to understand that a man must provide for his house. And if he does not provide for his house, he's an infidel. That was what many people were raised with. They were not raised with like tender, loving, you know, carrying children up and down like egg. You know, many of them did not experience that. So when you start to see gaps in how your parents treat you and how you want them to treat you, I want you to cut them some slack because they were raised differently. Do you understand that? Now, in having a better relationship with your parents, how do you go about it? And I'm going to put this disclaimer here. I'm not assuming that everybody listening to me comes from a functional home, like a home where the father is present, the mother is present, and they both love you. Sadly, we've heard and experienced many stories of people here and not here, that are in very terrible living situations. So I'm putting that disclaimer out. And I said at the beginning that God is ready to heal. Did I say that? Yes. So I want you to hear through the lenses of what I said at the beginning and pick everything you need, all right? So now how do you have a better relationship with your parents? Number one, I want you to honor them regardless. Honor them regardless. See, 
well, they may have made mistakes or they may have hurt you or they may have spoken to you in a way they did not like or they made you study a course you did not want to study or all those things. God gives an instruction in scripture and he says, honor your father and mother. In this doing, your days shall be long. It was not honor your father and mother if they are nice people. It was not honor your father and mother if they buy you gifts. It was not honor your father and mother if they do the best things they should do. It was honor your father and mother that your days may be long. It's not negotiable. So whether they are doing what you like or what you don't like, choose to honor. Honor is a choice. It's never really a feeling. When you honor someone or God's grace on that person or the position God has placed that person in your life, it's not because you necessarily feel it. Praise God. There are times that people you should honor would upset you. There are times that people you should honor would not do the things that you hope they do for you. But honor is never a feeling. Honor is a choice. So in all the bad situations that you may ever in your life experience with your parents, choose to honor. Say, I would honor my parents. I would honor my parents, whether I feel like it or not. Number two, where possible, communicate. I know I put that clause, where possible. Where possible, communicates because in some situations communication does not happen you are just at the listening end your parent talks you accept it and we go but as i said at the beginning your parents are human you may not see the human part of them because you've always known them as your parents but they are human they have desires they have needs and many of them as long as they are saved and they believe in christ jesus they have the holy ghost so they are not walking robots looking for a child to devour, you get. So I want you to have that mental picture when you're upset with your parents. They still have emotions. That's why they can be upset in the first place. So where possible, try and communicate. I'll give an example of my dad and mom again. So I'm very similar to my dad by character and everything. So what would annoy my dad would naturally annoy me. Like, I just realized that as we're growing up. So for instance, if I'm upset, I'll start to clean. In the same vein, if my dad is upset, he starts to point out everything that is dirty in the house, right? So I'm very similar to him like that. Also in communication style. So it's easy for me to just have a random conversation with my dad. If I want to go out, maybe when I was living with them and I want to go out tomorrow, I can tell my daddy this night and it will be fine. But my mom, you have to give like three working days notice, right? To go out or do anything. And I had to learn that their communication styles were different. And for my dad, if I offended him, I could just go and say, Daddy, oh, sorry. Sometimes I will not even say sorry. He will come and say, okay, so what you did, I did not like it. And then we'll just, you know, have fun. Not have fun, like, I'll apologize. We'll be fine. We'll keep it moving. But my mom, I didn't learn how to write letters in school. I didn't learn how to write letters in school. I learned how to write letters apologizing to my mom. Right, so <laughs> my mom, my mom is very. I think when my husband met her for the first time, he realized that she has a very strong command of English. So um, sometimes when I will offend her because I was scared of being shouted at, I would write her a letter, a very long letter. I say, dear Madam Joy. <laughs> my mommy earned her name, dear Madam Joy. 
um, this is what happened. And then I'll take my time and I'll explain everything. Because if we're having a face-to-face -face conversation, the chances of me explaining myself would have been very slim. So I would explain everything in the letter and then I would end it with, I love you. I know you love me. All those, you know, sugarcoating and padits. And then I would drop it by her bedside or by her bag when she's going to work. Even though sometimes she would have responded to me sarcastically, right? I could still tell that the letters got to her. I never saw any of those letters in the dustbin, not once. She never threw any of them out. She never threw a tantrum after I wrote the letter. She just understood, right? So where possible, and in any way possible, try and communicate with your parents. Sometimes that communication may involve a third party. It may involve a third party. As I began to adult, we were living with my cousin, and many times my cousin was that third party. So if I maybe take a step that my mom doesn't like, she reports me to my cousin. And then I'll report my mom to my cousin. And then my cousin will be doing our, you know, intermediary for us. <laughs> but the funny part of it was that it was effective. Because my cousin would tell me parts of the conversation that I am oblivious to. Possibly my blind side. And then my cousin will go to my mom and then fight as my advocate and say, okay, this is what Chisom meant. If Chisom should say it, my mom will not hear it like that. But coming from a third party, a neutral third party is different. So where possible, communicate with your parents after misunderstandings. As, especially as you grow as an adult, try not to sweep things under the carpet. If your parents does something that you don't like, communicate. Mommy, you did this. I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. And it will go well in Jesus' name. <laughs> so where possible, <laughs> learn to communicate. Then speak their love language. See, when I learned about love languages, I was learning it for romantic relationships. But I quickly started to realize that it applies in all relationships, friendships, business relationships, parental relationships. Now, can you say love languages after me? Words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, receiving gifts, physical touch. For the starters, physical touch does not work with my <laughs> Or oh, It did not used to work. Now, my mommy sees me like once in two weeks, so when I see her, she'll first hug me, and it's so sweet. Because when I was living with her, I would say, Mommy, hug me now. Mommy, am I not your daughter now? So I just realized that it's distance that she needed. When she did not see me for like two weeks, she's willing to hug me. So just note that in your daughter, in case you are having that issue. I've like travel for like two weeks and when they come back or when you come back, they will hug you. So just note it in your daughter. But I quickly started to realize that love languages worked for my parents as well. This is how I found out. One time, I'm sharing all these stories to just drive the point home faster. One time, my, my mom has a shop, and I randomly was taking a stroll in my area, and I was like, mm, I've already walked this far, I can as well walk to my mom's shop. For perspective, she drives to her shop, so it's a bit of a distance. So I walked to her shop, and then I walked in, and she was like, uh-uh, this one, you came to see me today. You know, that sounds sarcastic, doesn't it? Right, so she's like, this one, you came to see me today. Now, wow, and she left it like that. But everybody that came into the shop, after I came, she was like, ah, this is my daughter, the one that went to Covenant University, the one that is getting married next month. <laughs> my husband is naughty because he knows. And then another person will come, ah, this is my daughter, the first one, the one I told you about, and the one that is marrying a Yoruba man, and that's her. 
So that's my daughter. So everybody that came to the shop, she would just be telling stories. And then she naturally said, ah, this one here in my shop today, I hope you don't have plenty things to do. The sarcasm was there. <laughs> but I could realize that it meant a lot to her. So I quickly realized, okay, quality time is a big deal for my mom, whether she likes it or not. So she enjoys quality time. So I started making out time to go to her shop more intentionally. And true that she knew that I cared. True that she knew that I loved her. And another thing, I realized that there was one earring I gave my mom. I think I bought it when I was in JS1 or I made it. So it was a very... It was all this earring that you should not wear to two important places. But I bought it for my mom and my mom wore it. She wore it so much till the hook stopped hooking well. Right? And then I realized that that small gesture was important to her. So my mom loves what now? Quality time and gifts. Right? She may not do well with words. And I realized that's how she speak her, speaks her love language to me as well. She will buy me clothes. Maybe she will offend me and then she will come back. She will buy me something. Do you get? That was her way of showing that she loves me. So try your best to find your parents' love language and speak it. Praise God. So now to wrap this up, as I said at the beginning, I realized that there are many relationships that exist even in this room. You and your parents may not be on the best, on the best terms. You may not have the most loving relationship with your parents. So what do you do in that regard? Number one, I realized today when I was reading the verse of the day on you version. If you read you version this morning, what's the verse of the day? John 3.16, yeah. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, right? We know the rest of the verse. But there's a rendition of that verse in ESV or message that says, This is how God loved the world. So when he says God so loved the world, he was not saying God's love is so big, so big, so big, so big. And do you get He's showing so means manner. In this manner, God loved the world and he gave his son. Why am I saying that? God has given you the best love possible. And he gave it to you on a platter. You did not deserve it. It was not like you were somewhere in heaven or wherever, babies are somewhere. You were somewhere and then you were like, hmm, when I come to this earth, I will be a sinner. So let me go and talk to God to make a way where there seems to be no way. It was nothing like that. In his proactive love, he saw you needed forgiveness. And he made a provision for that well ahead of you. And now, John, 1 John 3.16 puts it this way, that you have received the love of God, I'm paraphrasing, in that way, love people. So that love is not you love your friends, you love your partner, but not your parents. Your parents deserve the kind of forgiveness. In fact, it's placed on you. When you don't forgive your parents wholeheartedly, you're like the wicked servant who was forgiven of a big debt, and you could not forgive a small debt. So no matter what your parents have done to you, and I'm saying this not lightheartedly because I know that some of you have experienced terrible things from your parents. There are sadly some relationships where children are physically abused. And I realize that. But with the Lord, we have received the forgiveness that we could never buy. And what he expects from us is to extend that forgiveness as well. So I want you to forgive forgive. Forgiveness does not mean that you will not be under the shadow of your parents' wings forever and ever. Sometimes forgiveness has to be done from a distance. But forgive is not negotiable. You will stand before the Lord to give account of your life at the end of your life. You don't want to stand before the Lord and be ashamed that you didn't forgive when he forgave you of much. Amen. The next thing I want you to do 
is love unconditionally. I won't hammer on that. Or I've already spoken on love languages. So choose to love your parents, whether they are good or bad. Love is patience. If you're, if you're far-fetched, you don't know how it works. Love is patience. Love is kind. Love is not easily angered. Love is not easily irritated. So all those things, practice it with your parents. If you want to be, love them unconditionally, be kind to them unconditionally. Don't be kind to them because you want them to allow you to go out. Be kind to them unconditionally. Be there for them unconditionally, right? And then lastly, as I said, sometimes loving your parents in a bad or toxic situation would have to be from afar. And how do you do this from afar? You need to develop wings and fly. And fly far, far away. <laughs> Amen. Because there are some things that cannot pass under your parents' roof. I'm sure you have heard that statement in one way, shape, or form. Not under my roof. Nobody living in my house. <laughs> yeah, so there are some things that cannot exist under their roof, right? So know that sometimes your peace lies in living the house. So grow in independence. Before you leave the house, you need to earn that independence. You need to understand that you are their child. And in their eyes, if you like, grow beer, beer, you still remain their child. Till they start to see beyond reasonable doubts that they can trust you as an adult and not a child. They won't trust you. It's not by mommy, I'm 18. I should do things like an adult. It's not by that. You need to show that independence. Some of the hardest decisions I've made in my life that sometimes my parents don't agree with at the beginning... I could argue for them because I was independent from Tete. From secondary school, just one, I started making hair. I'll make hair, I'll have money, I'll have money, I'll buy them a gift. Where did the money come from? I made hair, I, bought, I had money, I got you a gift. Do you understand? So they got used to seeing me take care of myself. It got better and better by SS3. When we were leaving school, I owed some money on my school fees because we, we stay... There's something called extension, right? So we'll stay in school for a while and all of that, and then it runs extra more than your school fees, and you have to pay before you leave school. So my dad had gotten notice that they were about to pay, I think, 17000 This was in 2015, thereabouts. They were going to pay 17000 to balance it. And before he got to school, I had paid the money because I was working, I was making bags, I was making shoes. I had money, I paid it. David, you opened your mouth. I had money, I paid it off, and I still got my parents a gift. It did not mean I was leaving their house, but he made a statement. Some of you, you've not even bought bread. As bad as things are, you've not one day bought one liter of fuel. You just be complaining, mommy is hot, mommy is hot. You've not, you've not raised your hand to do anything. And with how hard this economy is, somebody is hosting you in their house, and then you'll be saying, mommy, I'm an adult, I can do what I like. It doesn't work that way. So if you want to grow in independence, you want to gain some trust with your parents, be responsible financially and otherwise. Amen. Does this make sense to you in any way, shape, or form? You're going to pray. And I want you to do this intentionally. You're going to pray. And why am I asking you to do this? Because even in loving, great parental relationships, there are so many things to pray for. Yesterday, when I was thinking about that budget things, like there were tears in my eyes, not just for myself, but for my parents. Like for the longest time, I've watched my parents raise people that are not us. We are just two biologically, but we've never felt like two. We are either four or seven. Like right now, my parents are taking care of 
seven people that are not their children every day. As I am like this, I can't take even... Uh, <laughs> when, I was, <laughs> when I was doing my budget meeting yesterday, I said there are people that have two children, three children in this economy. <laughs> and then imagine a parent taking care of seven. So, like, while I may have a good relationship with my parents, that is a source of concern to me. And I'm sharing that to you because in every relationship, whether good or bad, there are concerns. Your parents are getting old. Have you taken a good look at your parents now? Do you have a picture of them from 10 years ago? See, whether you like it or not, the natural order of this world is that your parents should go before you. But we pray that they will go in old age in Jesus.